In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, Paul writes this, uh, Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. I make no apologies for the fact that I have absolutely enjoyed working with Josh, having the privilege of serving the Lord together. And I have no question by what you have already, if you're paying attention, what you've experienced this morning already, you get a glimpse as to how he has been useful for ministry. And I'm not so much talking about me as Paul writes about John Mark. But um, here, is, here are some things that I have observed. I would say it was 18, maybe 20 months ago when Josh fully stepped in to his role of leading worship, where he finally had the confidence to know these wonderful people, like we're up here this morning, Tyler and Mandy, it happened to be the, the, uh, the week for their group, these wonderful groups that had been in existence are ready to follow you, Josh. It's okay to take the lead. And it took him a while, but when he did, when he did get there, We have had a sustained quality of worship for many, many, many months when he stepped into that role. And God has used him here in that way. So that's part of what he does. And the other part of what he does is what you just heard from the kids. That's why I wanted them to share a little of my time here. Because good things have happened among our youth. You saw reference to challenge. You saw reference to districts. One of the things that confirmed to me how God has been using Josh and that something is happening, something good has been happening among our youth. And I'm not going to give names because I don't want to put anyone on the spot. Um, But a couple weeks ago, I had something happen inside inside of two or three days that I have never had happen in 30 plus years of ministry. I had one kid approach me entirely on her own, asked if she could talk to me, so it's right outside my office, step into my office, let's go right ahead, do that, okay. She said, I'd like to get baptized. Within the same couple of days time frame, had another kid, it was at, this was on a Sunday morning, I know, because it was the end of Sunday school, and uh, we had just finished Ephesians. We'd been, been in Ephesians chapter 6. And one of my students then, right after, after the other kids cleared the room because he wanted to stay back and say something, he said, at districts, we had a 30-day challenge to be in the Word, to be in Ephesians. I just finished last night. And we were in that text. And he had stayed with that commitment. I have never had a kid offer that to me before. And the other thing that happened in this three-day time frame is one of these kids, we happened to be in the man cave. I couldn't, there was other kids around, so I couldn't ask questions about it because it dealt with somebody's life personally. But he said to me, will you play, pray for my friend? He had a particular friend in mind. They're going through a difficult time. High schoolers don't come up to me 
and ask me to pray for their friends. All of that inside of a couple days. Stuff I'd never experienced before. Three things. And in my mind, I'm going, God's doing something among our youth. He's doing something with our young people. And that was a rich blessing. Now, Josh, you and I have talked about this. We live in a weird place where we where you in ministry. It's just different than other things. For one thing, um, we're not sure about the effects of anything we do. We cannot make anything happen. Here's what I mean by this, folks. If you go on the other side of this wall, right on the other side of this wall in the man cave, recently Rick Smith has, has fixed a major patch in that wall. I defy you to find where it's at. Rick could walk away from his work and say, I did that. But Josh, in vocational ministry, we don't get to say, I did that. Because ministry is about lives being transformed. You and I can't do it. We can't change a soul. Right? God's got to do that work. All we can be is, as Rick used tools to accomplish what he did, all we can hope to be is a faithful tool to be used by God. But we can never say, I changed a life. So it's weird. Also, Josh, as you have, as you have seen, we can't do anything alone. It's about a team. It's about the body of Christ at work. People, here's another thing that I watched this last Friday night. I watched almost 60 kids in this room worshiping God as Josh led them. And then I watched 60 kids listen intently as Amanda Tungseth shared her testimony. And she opened her lives up to these kids. And she was honest and straightforward about the reality of walking with Jesus Christ, how it's better than anything else, and what she hoped for them. And what I saw was not simply Josh. What I saw was Josh ministering with a team of people shoulder to shoulder. And that's how we're always going to have to do it. It's never about you and me. And the other crazy thing, we mentioned it last week, is you and I live in this world where there has to be administrative details that need to take place. And, and we get paid through the church. And that's just kind of odd because it's not like being employed at DigiKey or something like that. It's different because we're here to serve within the body of Christ. And so it's just this odd thing when God calls us into vocational ministry. But the one thing we do get is we do get a front row seat to watch eternal things unfold. So these kids whose lives God has used you as a tool in the lives of these kids, you've got a front row seat to watch decisions that they made. You will have a front row seat because he has marked these kids for life. And I know he's committed to being in their lives as long as they're willing to let him. He's available to them long after he leaves. But you've had a front row seat to watch God. You've had a front row seat to watch, as we've talked about it. There's some unusual things that have taken place here. And God has given us a privilege as a congregation 
Because again, as I, watched, as I watched Friday night, I thought to myself, you're going to look a long distance before you find another church in a town that the sign says 368 people. You're watching happen what's going on here right now in that church. You're going to go a long way for that. You're going to go a long way before you find a church that's been so committed to youth ministry that they, um, they have a room like that room that God has raised up as a, as a tool to be used for ministry. You've had a front row seat to watch that. You had a front row seat to watch as God brought Katie Miller into our midst. Now, this was, I understand, it was the first time that you sang something as a solo, right, Katie? It was wonderful. You got to watch that. Okay, you line that up, make sure it was in place. It's part of the ministry that you did, and you got to watch God open up her life to us even further that she might be used. That's our privilege. We can't change anybody. We can't do anything alone. But wow, the joy of a front row seat when you realize eternity is in the balance. So what I'd like to encourage you, if you're going to continue on, one of the things we had hoped with Josh was that when he left here, he said church ministry can really be a good place to serve because some guys leave their ministry, their first ministry, and they've been brutalized. We didn't want that. I, I, I hope you have a sense that we've invested in you and you've had a place to develop and to grow. I can tell you, here's what you need in order if you go to the, if, you, if God calls you to another church ministry... Here's how you find a place to serve, okay? Find one with as great a chairman, as great a board, and as great a congregation as this, and it's going to be awesome, buddy, all right? Because it really is about the body. And again, it's not about you and me. If you know the story of John Mark, where Paul writes, uh, get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry, you know if you follow it back in the book of Acts, it wasn't always that way. There came a place where John Mark was involved with the ministry with Paul, and then he left it. And when it came time for the second missionary journey to go on, there was some contention between Paul and Barnabas about whether to bring John Mark or not, and Paul didn't want him because he had not continued on in the ministry that first go-around. And Barnabas went with John Mark and Paul, and Barnabas actually separated over it. And uh, then we find later something had happened to bring good things into John Mark's life where Paul is able to say, he's useful to me for ministry because he had to grow, Right? And you and I have had to grow. And I want to thank you for your willingness to be open to correction and encouragement. And, hey, we might want to try some things this way. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the risk you took. Because I have never been in the position that I had somebody that somehow I'm supposed to have some kind of responsibility for. And all too often, I'm like, what do I know? So I want to thank you. Because we took a risk in asking somebody to come full-time, but you took a risk, and we told you about this. It's the first time we've done this. And there are times I know that I could have done things better, and I just I want to thank you for your, your, um, your patience with me and, and that. Now, uh, just like John Mark, he had to learn. You had to learn. We've tried to instruct you on some things where we felt like, eh, maybe need to shore a few things up here. One of those you just teased me about this past week. Because I was trying to plan something, and um, I was like, yeah, I didn't get this thing in place as easily and readily as I'd like. And he said, yeah, he didn't get on people's calendars. Because that's something that I've, we, we, how many times did we say that, right? 
Get on people's calendars. If you've got a, an event happening three months down the line, don't wait to two weeks beforehand or a week before to ask them can they be involved. Ask them now. And once you're on their calendar, you can relax a little bit. But that's one of the first things you have to do is get on people's calendars. Otherwise, you get to that point. You can't find somebody. You're frustrated. They're frustrated. It's like, why are you asking me now? You've known this for three months, okay? So we've had this phrase. Josh and I have had this phrase. And with this, um, Josh, I'm going to ask you to come on up. We've had this phrase about get on people's calendars, and that's why he teased me about when I felt a little behind. I said, yeah, he didn't get on people's calendars. I've been thinking about that phrase, and I developed it a little bit further, okay? And I'm going to send Josh with a personal plaque for me to do. Now, if Josh had done this, it would be very artistic. This is me. I have no artisticness at all. So I have a plaque that I'm hoping he will forever keep, and I'll tell you what it says. It says, always get on people's calendars... Before you get on their nerves. So Josh is going to share a few things now himself. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Where to begin? First off, I just want to express um, to this church, to everybody here, that um, you are in a good place. You're in a great place right now um, with a board that, that cares about this church so deeply um, and, and leaders that care about this church and you guys so deeply that you can't find it anywhere else. You have a pastor here that cares about you guys so deeply and, and, and loves you and um, is, can be goofy with you. <laughs> um, well, at least with me, at least. <laughs> um, but he is a man that is so in love with the Lord. Um, he may not be perfect like, like no one is, um, but he loves the Lord and he loves you guys so much. And again, in most churches, you can't find a guy like this. A man like Miles and, and his wife, Judy. Um, you can't find better people in a church that, that are here constantly trying to do anything and everything for this church. If you guys... If you guys had the opportunity to sit in my office as much as I did um, in the last three years to see how many times they come in and they randomly do stuff, especially Miles, um, but Judy's right there supporting him or doing all the background stuff that no one ever sees (laughs) Um, for the board meetings and all that. These are quality people and they are um, in love with this church, they in, are in love with God, and they are in love with you guys. And it's, it's so rare to find that. Um, you're very blessed at this church. And I was very blessed to be here. Um, for the time that I was here, um, I, I had opportunities to work with many people, with the worship teams, with um, the youth. Um, we have old volunteers, new volunteers, um, just great people that love Jesus, that love youth, um, that put in their time, that, that take 
weeks off to go to challenge with us? You can't find that. I mean, it's, it's really hard to find a church that has so many people just willing to, to give so much to ministry, to God's kingdom. Um, where am I at? <laughs> um, I just want to encourage um, you as a church um, just to keep going, keep, keep pursuing God. Don't, don't sit back and say, we are good. We're, we're good. We don't need anything else. Don't stop. Don't stop there. We need to continue to push forward and, and go after God. Go after what he is searching for, for this church. What's the next thing? Yeah, we, we have Evan coming on, on Tuesday. What's the next thing after Evan? Start thinking about that as a church. We need to start pushing forward. We can't just sit back and just, and just be good. Um, and notice I say we because I, I feel like a part of this church and, and I, I, I feel like I always will feel like a part of this church. I will, I will feel like I'm always welcomed back because there's so many welcoming faces here that I'm looking around just seeing smiles. I love it. <laughs> um, but especially, there's a couple of people, a couple of couples that have especially been awesome um, to myself and Brooke. Um, and I call them my second parents because these are my first parents. They're wonderful. They're great. They were six hours away for three years. It was hard. <laughs> um, but right away, Randy and Robin were amazing, and they instantly became my second parents. Um, I got to live with them for a little bit. I get to do it again soon. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, they're fun people. They, they, they have poured their lives and, and their love into me so much. Anytime that I needed to talk, anytime that I had a question about youth ministry, anytime that I had anything, they were there. They were ready to, to, to give it. Um, awesome people. So many awesome people in this church. Another pair of second parents that I've had, and they feel more like friends, um, are uh, Leanne and Dave Cruz. They've just been awesome people. We've, Brooke and I have played, I don't, I don't know how many times, like gone over there to play Settlers or... Or uh, just random times, just going over there in your workshop, Dave, and just hanging out, the, having the dogs run around. It's, um, again, people that, that just give. I mean, I could go on and on. I could, I could name each and every one of you, <laughs> literally. Um, but I don't think we have time for that. Um, but um, to all my youth volunteers, I mean, Dylan and Alyssa started off with me three years ago. Um, uh, Brent and Amy, um, Josh and Amanda, and Wendy. Um, there's been more. There's been lots more. Uh, Kelly driving bus. Um, also, um, I mean, doing this job, doing, doing this ministry here, um, I couldn't have done it with, without a lot of you. Um, even this guy sneaking away, he's been a, he's been an awesome, 
help as well. Um, but, but especially someone like Brenda, who's always in the office and um, always willing to help me with um, anything uh, administrative that I'm not good at. <laughs> um, she is very good at it, and she's always willing to, to help lend a hand. Um, all this to say, again, that you have amazing people in this church willing to serve the Lord, willing to serve, willing to give. Keep that up, please. Evan will need it. Um, and uh, just keep loving God. Um, again, keep pushing forward. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for this time. It's, it's been an awesome um, opportunity. It's, it's come way too fast. Um, and uh, I will be back to visit, I'm sure. <laughs> so um, thank you again.
friends forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. And the friend will not say never, cause the welcome will not end. Though it's hard to let you go, in the Father's hands we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. And friends are friends forever, the Lord's the Lord of them. And the friend will not say never, cause the welcome will not end. Though it's hard to let you go, in the Father's hands we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. No, a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. I think we need someone else to pay, turn pages next time. <laughs> started all this, I'm not going to make it, that just didn't bode well for the rest of it. Anyway, thanks for your kind words. We actually, that's how we refer to them, like, you know, I'll say to Leanne, like, oh, the kid's called. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how we, t- you know, usually talk about you. Oh, and we talked about you last night without you for, like, till one thirty. You know how Gary says emotions are tough when he's tired? Yeah. Get ready for this. I have Kleenex. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Three years. I, that sounds like a broken record, but we're all just like, where did that go? Um, you had the opportunity to work with an amazing senior pastor. I don't have to look behind me to know he's rolling his eyes or he's making a face. I can ignore him because I have the mic. That's right. Okay. And he's senior pastor because he's three months older than me. Yeah. <sighs> But he's, he's, he's a man that boldly preaches the word of God. Um, a lot of small, single pastor churches, the pastors don't have the nerve to approach tough topics. He hits us with a two-by-four. But he doesn't have, it's not a baseball bat with one end because he hits himself with the other end of it because he applies it to himself as well. So he boldly preaches the word of God. He's someone who approaches ministry with enthusiasm and passion. Um, even after you know decades in ministry, he's still like the ever-ready bunny on fire. Um, he's always sharing God's love and the good news of the gospel with anybody that comes through these doors. He doesn't qualify anything. He's just, you know, you two are wired the same that way. Um, I don't think that prior to coming here, I don't think you've ever been part of a board before. So I hope this was a, a good first experience. Um, if, you know, everybody doesn't get to see what we do in the board. Um, we wrestle with substantive issues at times, um, but we do it with a loving spirit. We do it with a lot of laughter. People that are coming to the board for the first time just shake their heads at, like, how much we laugh with each other. Um, we do it with respect, 
And for we're always acknowledging that God speaks to each of us individually and reveals things to each of us individually. And so we listen to each other with respect and with love. Um, laughter peppers our discussions and deliberations. And we serve with joy. Um, back in Virginia, I've, I've been parts of boards that you hated board meetings, okay? Um, this, we, don't, we don't, like, dread going to a board meeting. It's like family. We just enjoy each other. Um, you've also seen a tremendous unity that, you know, some of what you acknowledged when you were talking, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a church body that continually is blessed with unity and decision-making like this. It's just it's amazing. Um, and, you've, and you've witnessed wonderful examples of what it looks like to walk in faith, not for a season, but for a lifetime. This is actually a hard part to get through because this is somebody I admire a lot. Um, my, my best personal example is Lowell. Um, he was a man in his 90s. He didn't come to church on Sunday as a social outing. You know, although, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that was more welcoming and more social than Lowell. But, I mean, he didn't come here as a social outing. He came here to worship and to hear God's word. He was still learning and growing in faith. I can remember us talking when we were in music practice about, you know, being able to hear his tenor voice just ringing out. Lowell loved to sing. That's where Miles got that voice. You know, Lowell's great at singing. Um, and when the word was open, and I'm sure over Lowell's lifetime, he must have heard every sermon topic ever preached, right? You know, um, read the Bible multiple times. But when the word was open, Lowell didn't just sit there thinking about, hmm, wonder what's for dinner, or staring at the wall or something like that. This was a guy that was engaged. He's in his ninth decade. This guy's got his Bible open on his lap. He's making notes. He's still growing. He's still you know, learning things. Um, scripture doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. But how God reveals things to us each time we look at a passage, Lowell understood that at that moment, God was going to reveal something new to him. And that's the way he lived. And I don't just share this because Lowell was amazing. I wanted to give you this as a, a pattern that like, I learned a long time ago. I, look, I learned to look at those that are a generation or more ahead of me. Not just for where I am now, but for the path that I've got before me. And, and you know, it's great the guys that are like within your generation. I look to Gary. I look to you know, Randy, Mark, these guys that are my age. But it's great to look at these guys that are blazing this path ahead for where you're going. And just, you know, like I said, not what faith looks like for a season, but for a lifetime. Um, and I just, I just wanted you to take that on as an example of kind of a way to look at some of these things. Um, and this church is as blessed as you acknowledge and as you know with so many just incredible men of faith. Um, they model... Um, Jesus Christ in their marriages, in how they raise their children, um, how to pour God's word and, and God's love into their kids. Um, these are guys that you can always look back at and remember. And, you know, you're, 
you're about to make this, you know, uh, tell Brooke last night, by the way, like, you know, they make these lists of like the most stressful things you'll ever do in your life. Yeah, you're doing three out of the top five in 30 days. <laughs> Pray for him, you know. Um, so as you leave here and you, you approach these new stages in your own life, I hope you'll, you know, look at experience of these guys that you've seen around you. Um, Christ always at the center of everything you do. Um, it's, it's not this thing on the periphery. It's central. It's central to your marriage. It's central to your life. And it's essential to your decision making. Um, as, a, as a youth pastor, you poured your heart into our kids. Um, and it really shows, obviously, what we heard today and just watching you with the kids and how they love you. Um, I just, you know, I hope you take that with you. Just tuck it away, you know. Um, we look forward to seeing what God is going to take you to next. Um, and I know that you'll be seeking his will. You know that that's it. Um, in First Thessalonians, there's a wonderful description of what I think applies really well to youth ministry. Um, and it's a good, I think it's a good description of what you've done here with the kids. Um, I'm skipping verses. They're not consecutive necessarily, but a couple of these things really hit. So this is first from First Thessalonians chapter 2. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Um, but we were gentle among you, just as, nurse, as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. I think this is both a description and an instruction for ministry. It reveals the purpose of that calling, to share the gospel. As Luke reminds us in 10, um, 2, Luke says, um, He then said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the har- his harvest. You have an incredible gifting from God. We've seen the results. They're tangible. Um, and I just, I pray that you would continue to labor for the Lord. We love you. Stay out here, No, I'm not going to take too I promise. We're going to ask um, Deacon Dave is the one who shared a challenge with Josh. We're going to ask our other two deacons, Steve and Mike, if they'll come now, and we're going to we're going to pray for Josh. This is a, you see in the bulletin list is a prayer of release. Didn't know what else to call it, but God's releasing him from ministry with us. He'll actually technically still be here till the 11th, but um, 
but he's releasing him. God's calling him to something else, which he does not yet know what that looks like. Because, uh, as he has said, he doesn't want to commit to anything that's only going to last a, a, a year because you've got other things happening once Brooke gets her Ph.D. And so they've got to kind of let that settle in. So they need something to happen in the next year and then vocationally after that. So um, I'm going to ask if you will all stand, if you would, and then Mike, if you'd come. And um, Dave and Mike and Steve will have their hands on Josh. We collectively will have our hands on Josh. And uh, these other two deacons now are going to pray for him, all right? Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to work along your servant, Josh. Lord, thank you for the time that you have allowed us to be able to do the ministry with him. And Father, as he goes out from here now, we pray for your continued blessing. Father, I pray that uh, as he interacts and, and that you will continue to provide opportunity for him to impact people for your sake and for your kingdom around him, Father. Lord, we pray for their upcoming marriage. And Father, we pray for your blessing upon that. And Lord, what a privilege it will be to watch the two of them be joined with you, Father. So, Lord, we ask for your your protection upon their marriage and and your blessing, Father. And, Lord, we we pray, Lord, that your will for both of their lives will be clear as they continue on the path ahead, as they continue to follow after you, Father, that you will make make opportunity in your, your will clear, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, it is in your name that we come before you today, Lord, to uh, speak of this transition of Josh and his ministry here now, Lord, and to what you would call him in the future. And Lord, now he doesn't do this alone, Lord. He will be doing it with Brooke. And and Lord, things will change and... uh, Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide. Lord, as I wear this tie this morning with the flame on it, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead in these lives. Lord, as they become husband and wife and will minister together, if that would be your call. Lord, that you would fan a fire in these lives of what is future. And Lord, that what of you have started here, the, the step that Josh has made and and the work that has been done, and Lord, the work that is yet to be done in his future. And Lord, for the work of this church, as the Lord, as it will not just discontinue as Josh leaves, but Lord, as we will even celebrate next year, or next week, the welcome of Evan and Rochelle. So Lord, we pray that you would go with Josh and Brooke in the future that you have planned for them. We thank you for their service here and for the... Lord, what has been taught, but Lord, I pray that now you would lead as they go forward. So, Lord, we pray a blessing upon them. We thank you for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would work mightily in Josh's life. And, Lord, that he would be Holy Spirit-led each step of the way. And it is in the precious name of your Son that we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen.